Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Bees Knees Podcast. We're your hosts, Ben and Brittany, and if you haven't already, please download this episode. And make sure to check out the link in the description where you can find links to our Instagram and other socials. Happy listening! We like talking about movies and TV, or TV and movies, because we're the Bees Knees, oh yeah. As a classic millennial... I decided to take a BuzzFeed quiz. I feel like no matter how hard you try to avoid them, BuzzFeed quizzes just happen. I don't even know how I stumble upon them, but I do, and they just know which ones are going to catch me. They know exactly (laughs) how to bait this fish, (laughs) and they do it well. BuzzFeed, (laughs) master baiters. Nick Miller is like <laughs> one of my favorite TV boyfriends. Okay. I feel like every time we watch New Girl, we discuss about how Nick Miller is my type and Schmidt is your type. <laughs> and that's fine. But we're all out here pining for Winnie the Bish. Yeah, he's the best. He's so funny. But so anyway, this BuzzFeed quiz was to find out which of Nick Miller's girlfriends I'd be. So obviously I have to take it because obviously I'm Jessica Day because they're soulmates and I have to end up with my TV boyfriend. But in reality... In reality, I took the quiz and I got Julia. And for those of you who don't know who Julia is just by her name, she's the lawyer one who's all like uptight and doesn't like Jessica because she's like, ooh, I break for birds and ooh, you want your blankie and your cupcakes and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) That was surprisingly good. And I am a Jessica Day, I think. So, how rude. Are you sure you're not Caroline? I'm not Caroline, and that's mean. <laughs> I So, I took the quiz again, and I didn't get Jessica Day again. Because I was like, obviously, the thing's rigged. I'll take it again. And didn't get it. So, I don't know. I think that the BuzzFeed quiz is just wrong. So, here's the thing. BuzzFeed quizzes don't take your... like. There, it has to just be a random number generator. Probably. No matter what you answer, you could answer the same thing. Every and time it would just you take you to one. just different girlfriend. Well, and see, here's the thing: the questions were all food based. It was like pick a breakfast, pick a snack, pick a lunch, pick a dinner, pick a dessert. Boom, you're Julia. My favorite are when it's just like pick a lunch, pick a breakfast, pick a this. Do you prefer law teaching or? Or this. Yeah. Pick of this. Pick of this. I know. And with the it, random. It, it like, only follows the one answer that yeah. could be applied to them all. So if I had a pick teacher, then it's like, whoa, you're Jessica Day. What? Yeah. And there was probably one answer where it's like, pick a breakfast where the characters eat breakfast. Mm. And based on the thing that which character was eating in this shot determines who you get right so it's disguised as a whole bunch of general food questions but it was just that one that picked well i don't believe cupcakes was one because i feel like if it was then that would have been jessica no and it's probably just like a, a mundane thing like they were eating breakfast and in this shot jessica had uh, a waffle and Julia had a sausage or something like that. Maybe. 
I should pay closer attention when we binge watch it for the like <laughs> sixth time. To to figure out which of these answers resulted in you being Jewish. And then I'll have to find that test again and retake it and get Jessica Day and be like, ha ha, I've got Nick Miller. Yeah, you're right. You're definitely not Julia. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. So this week you had a fun girls day date because I was a little sicky pants. Yeah, I took the kids shopping and um, so we went shopping because I saw on TikTok that there was these dresses at Old Navy and the whole thing was like, if you're a Canadian, run to your Old Navy right now. These dresses (laughs) are this amount of money and I think that I messed up. I think it's my own fault, but in my head I'm thinking this person just said that these dresses are $15. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'll take two, please. <laughs> so I ran to the Old Navy and I got, there was three colors. There was green, pink, and black. But the black didn't have any more of my size. So I was like, okay, pink and green will do. I go to the change room, make sure it actually looks good on me. I looked. Dang, did it look good. I felt so just like amazing i felt like a boss bitch i was like yes (laughs) this is the dress hello and the girls were like my biggest cheerleaders in the change room oh my gosh that's so pretty oh it looks so good on you and then i was like which one should i get and one was like pink and one said green and i was like well you know tiktok said it was like 15 bucks i believe they said run because it's 15 dollars so neither one of the dresses I had in my hand had a price tag on it. it had a tag with a barcode on it, but there was no price on it. Ooh. So I was like, whatever, I'll take my chance. And then I'm like, okay, we'll check to see if the girls can get anything cute. They find a cu- couple of cute dresses that they pick out for $12. We go to the checkout. My dresses were 30 Each. <laughs> Each. Yeah, not not together because that's what I was expecting. <laughs> they were 30 <laughs> each and so i and they were 15 percent off so i think that the tiktok said run these dresses are 15 percent off and you saw run they're 15 dollars yes because i'm like 15 percent off that's no reason to run (laughs) that's all that's barely above tax exactly so i'm like it like yeah it's always nice to have something off like i like a good deal but i thought $15 yeah no wonder you're telling people to run I'm like freaking sprinting to the store right now yeah but for 15% I'm like I might I might walk a little bit above average pace (laughs) at At least a nice brisk jog get the hips going as I'm moving (laughs) (laughs) being a mall walker all the way to the old navy anyway so we got our dresses we were feeling on top of the world with our bag and then I'm like, you know what? Let's go catch a movie. So we go see Mario Brothers. And I haven't really seen a lot online. Like I heard a little bit like on the radio, people saying that it was a bit of mixed reviews. But I hadn't actually seen any of the actual v- reviews myself. Um, I knew that it was a little bit back and forth. I knew some people really didn't like it. I knew some people were indifferent. I knew some people did like it. Mm -hmm. And so I was going in completely 
neutral. I had no opinions whatsoever. I'm like, whatever. At the very least, the kids are going to like it because they're children. And they like everything. And it's bright, fun colors. So why not? And it's Mario. Yeah. And they look like Mario Kart, Mario Party. So they're going to have fun. And uh, so I'm sitting there watching it. And I was pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Because I thought there was a lot of references to the games that I loved growing up. Mm-hmm. And I actually at one point was thinking like, oh, the kids aren't going to have any idea what this is about. Because like specific scenes, because they don't get the reference. Like there's one where it's like actually a side scrolling thing, like a level. Yeah. And I'm like, they're not going to understand at all why this is playing out the way it is. But they're kids, so they don't care. They don't question it. And I was just like, this is really cool. Like, I really liked seeing those things. Well, I'm happy for you. I'm a little bit bummed out that I was just like feverishly sleeping on a couch while you guys were having fun shopping, girl, girl, girl powering, <laughs> watching Mario. Yeah. Uh, like... As somebody who has not seen Super Mario Bros, um, but has quite a lot of internet presence, like in movies being spoiled for me. Yeah. Um, from what I gather about the, the movie, like you said, there's people online. Everybody loves to complain online mm-hmm. because no matter how niche or like obscure your opinion is, there's always somebody that has the same opinion. Yeah. So shitting on Mario has been something that I've seen quite a bit of. So I, I had the perspective of like, I know for me when I watch movies, I, I just like to have a good time. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of movies that are bad. I'm thinking of cocaine bear right now. (laughs) So not, is it a good movie? No. Is it a fun movie? Yes. And I think what the world needs right now is more fun movies. Yeah. More 90-minute fun movies. Yeah. Which Cocaine Bear is for adults. Super Mario Bros. pretty sure is a 90-minute movie, and it, it seems fun. Yes, and I felt that it had a fairly decent story. It's not something that I would have expected, Like, I wouldn't have thought, if I were to think about making a Mario movie, I wouldn't have thought to just make them two regular guys from an everyday world who just stumble upon a warp pipe. But would you think about making them two regular guys uh, who have baby head talking dinosaur Goombas? What do you mean? The There's an old Super Mario movie. Oh. And the the Goombas and stuff, they're just real big guys with itty-bitty little heads. No, I wouldn't like, have thought about that like either. like talking dinosaurs. Like, I don't really know what I, I would have thought. I think maybe I would have thought that Mario and Luigi were part of this world already, and maybe they were all friends and, like, have, like, My Little Pony vibes, like, friendship <laughs> is magic, whatever. And then, like, Bowser comes and fucks shit up, steals the princess, enter into this journey of saving the princess but you know i kind of liked this because even though it's not what i would have expected of a mario movie as far as the story goes princess peach was a badass and i love that for like 
the children of today. Yeah. Having this as like role models and stuff and seeing these powerful women doing these things. And like at one point you had asked me if Mario comes and like uses power ups to save Peach or something and defeat Bowser. And I was like, Peach essentially is saving herself and Mario just shows up and it assists a bit. And so does Donkey Kong. But <laughs> like... She is in the process of saving herself. And if it weren't for also needing to save, like, the entire world that they are in, she could do it on her own. And I love that about that. That's good. Yeah. Like, she's very capable. And, like, she's the princess of of the Mushroom Kingdom. She rules this kingdom with all of these little toads in it. She is a capable woman, you know? Like, she's a princess and a ruler for a reason. So I liked seeing that part of it. I liked the little bit of razzing between Mario and Peach when Mario first shows up. She's like, why are you so tiny? Like, you're so little, though. Like, <laughs> Listen, short kings <laughs> can be competent. Yes, and I that's not really the vibe that I was getting. I think it's just that <laughs> she was like, it's a human, and was all, like, surprised. But then she's like, but you're not really that much bigger than the toad. So that's like just a little bit weird for her, but it was, it was cute. And, you know, another thing that I was surprised by is that I didn't mind Chris Pratt. I thought I was going to hate it, but Mm. I don't know if they had some sort of a filter on his voice or something, but there were moments, I would say more times than not, I forgot that it was him playing. And then just every once in a while depending on how he delivered a specific, like, line. Is your Star-Lord or Lego Lego Man? No, I I would hear more like Andy from Parks and Rec. That's what I want. (laughs) Because when I think, when I think of, of uh, Chris Pratt, sorry, had a brain fart here (laughs) because now I'm thinking Star-Lord and I'm like, what the fuck's his actual name? Um... No, when I think of Chris Pratt, the first thing I think of is Andy. And I hope that that's always the case. Yeah, I honestly, I feel the same. Uh, He's kind of become a little more saturated lately with like Jurassic World and Marvel. I honestly forgot about Jurassic World. (laughs) I forgot he's not. You said that. That's why you think of uh, Andy. Yeah, because you said that. And I was just like, why the fuck Jurassic World? (laughs) Anyway, But uh, that's all like fit Chris Pratt. Yeah. My my Chris Pratt is chunky, lovable, goofy. Yeah. Parks and Rec Chris Pratt. And I always think of like the the outtakes, like the blooper reels Mm -hmm. where – it's just like we need to, everyone loves a good comeback story. Kim K. <laughs> and that was just pure improv. Oh my gosh. So yeah, she was coming her so back. Bad. I know. Just improv. <laughs> and uh like another thing I saw where a a writer for the show is just like honestly, the thing that I am like so frustrated about is he said one of the best lines on the show and it was just improv. Mm-hmm. Had nothing to do with our writing. Yeah. And it was, uh, he was in like uh, looking up like a WebMD 
uh, trying to find what's wrong. And he's like, oh, you have uh, network connectivity issues. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like an improv thing. And that man is, he's very funny. Yeah. I feel like he's kind of gotten a bit arrogant. And then, of course, there's all the, like, I don't know, the... Is it Scientology or something? Wasn't he rumored to be a part of that? No, or like he's part. He's part of the Hillsong Church, which is a different kind of cult. Okay, so <laughs> just still, yeah. There's like those kinds of things going around, and I feel like he's just kind of lost his mojo. Like even seeing him in interviews and stuff, he seems like he gives off this presence of like, I'm too cool to be here, or like he gives off like. The youth pastor from the church that puts on a youth conference vibe. Where it's like they think that they're just like the best thing that ever happened. And like you guys wouldn't even be here if it yeah. weren't for me. And as a guy who used to play in the band at a youth conference, like, like I see it a lot. Yeah. Anyway, um, thinking about stories and like storylines and story arcs of movies and fun movies. And even though... They aren't good movies. They can still be fun movies. Yeah. Then you get the exception where it's both bad. It's just a bad <laughs> movie and it's a bad story and it's a bad time. And it's longer than 90 minutes. So it feels like a huge waste of your time. And I'm directing all of this like energy. Yeah. At Shazam 2. Oh my God. What a garbage fire. <laughs> like, you put this movie on. You you were saying all this. I was like, what movie did you watch? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't remember. But, yeah. Yeah, that was. You put this movie on thinking, oh, like, I'll put this on because okay, Brittany will fall asleep. I, yeah, I need to say, it had been a long day. And you were like, oh, I'm, I'm so tired. Like, I'm going to fall right asleep. And I was just like, you're going to fall right asleep. And you're like, no, I'm not. I'm going to. I. I'm going to have a cup of coffee. Like, I'll bounce back. Don't even worry about it. I had a little nap. I'm fine. And my past experience. Oh, because that was that when we already had movie night with the kids and I accidentally fell asleep during it, the movie. It might have been. But my past experience is when you doze off. Yeah. That means you're out for the night. <laughs> Yeah. For me, I could doze off and doze off and then sometimes catch a second wind and I'm good for another two hours. Yeah. For you, if you doze, you are duns. Yeah, usually. So I saw this and I was like, you're done. I'm going to watch a movie that I know is not good, but I just want to watch it mm -hmm. for the sake of it. Just to feel included. So I put on Shazam 2. <laughs> 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 and I did not fall asleep. Honestly, I wish I had. <laughs> because I, I just kept wishing. I'm like, okay, come on. Like, sprinkle that sleep dust on me, please. Because at, I don't want to watch yeah. this anymore. At, at this point, everybody who knows movies knows it's not good. It's like an entirely too long Skittles commercial. Yeah. That. Okay. So the kid that plays Billy Batson. Like. He he gives a fairly moving performance. Yeah. As this kid who's trying to pull his family together. Like, guys, if we're going to save, we all go. Like, mm -hmm. let's all stick together. Because he's, he's deeply afraid of 
leaving the system and being out of the house with these people. Yeah. So he's like, let's just stay together for as long as we can. Mm -hmm. So he has these very strong desires. And like there are some scenes where he comes out and he's crying and then he goes into Shazam and then Zachary Levi not matching the energy at all. Yeah. Like there's there's one transition where I cannot remember the the kid actor's name, but he is like crying and he looks like he has just been weeping for like an hour. Like his eyes are all puffy. Then it cuts to Zachary Levi and he looks like he's holding in a fart. <laughs> and it's like, that's your emotion. Like in the first movie, I feel like they carried it on pretty well mm-hmm. from this kid who's like cold and shut down, but also very excited about this thing that's happening. Yeah. Into the adult who is doing the things very excited, but you still feel like it's the same character. Yeah. I absolutely did not. I feel like, again, it just it was Zachary Levi's arrogance and cockiness. Because, again, Zachary Levi used to be this scrawny little, like, kind of a Walmart gym, gym helper. Yeah. he That's what he used to be. Then he gets all big and muscled, bro. And he's just like, oh, I'm too good for you guys. Like, I'm the star of the show. Oh. And it's just like, what the fuck is this? Where did the good Zachary Levi go? Yeah. And I remember there was a bit where he was, he, he released a video saying like how The Rock ruined his movie, mm-hmm. how there was supposed to be this post credit scene with Hawkman for the, instead of just the two agents supposed to be Hawkman, but The Rock didn't want anything from his movie associated with anything else because he wants to be the center stage for DC. Right. And like Zachary Levi is blaming this and it's just like I I have to say that unless a large portion of the movie had to be rewritten to accommodate the lack of general DC stuff yeah it wasn't that scene being taken out that ruined the movie Mm -hmm. It, it just wasn't a good movie to begin with yeah and then you just have like two muscly meatheads just arguing for the sake of arguing because the rock wants to be this again he he wants so desperately to be relevant and to be like needed that he's rebooting a five-year-old movie yeah which is so stupid like i'm just thinking about the rock with a with a wig on to be maui in real life and it's just ridiculous yeah that's something i'm not excited at least he won't really have to act for that role he's already basically maui being like arrogant yeah dickhead like i don't really have any desire to watch black adam because of it so i feel like you can again attempt to watch that when I'm going to fall asleep, but then me not fall asleep. And then we'll be back here in a couple months. <laughs> um, basically, my whole feeling on the Shazam movie was that it genuinely felt like they just put like an eight year old in a room and was just like, tell us a superhero story. And they're like, well, this kid, he gets superpowers from a wizard. And then they just say Shazam and they get to be grown up and muscly. And then the adults were like writing it down. They're like, oh, and then what happens? 
he's like, and then there's a dragon. <gasps> and then what happens? There's unicorns. What? <laughs> and it just like progresses constantly. And it's just like none of it really contributes to the story whatsoever. Yeah. So it just like felt yeah. like this kid wrote the whole show. I think like I completely agree. And to me, same kind of thing. But it reminds me of that one episode of Family Guy where Peter and his friends are making a movie and it's like, and then the pots and pans robots came and then samurais came. Yeah. And it's very much just this like this thing that goes on and on and on and, and on. You're just no adding things and adding things. There was a lot about this movie that was super weird though. Yeah. The, the biggest thing for me was Freddie, Billy Batson's like foster brother Mm-hmm. Gets this girlfriend, yeah, but she's a god, and there's even a bit where she's just like, "I'm a couple thousand years old," mm-hmm. and then she kisses this seventeen-year-old. Yeah, I get that you and your god form also look like a teenager. Yeah, but it's so weird. It that is weird. Yeah, that you acknowledge this age difference. See, that's just a love a love triangle weird. Thing that didn't even need to happen like why did you have to make this teen romance in there as well there's already so much going on you've got gods dragons unicorns wizards like there's enough happening you've got a pencil that writes for you like there's there's so much going on but it's like yeah sure let's throw a teen romance in here too why not yeah. and then like there are some things that made me have questions so they replaced the actor for mary marvel which is like the red suited girl. Okay. And basically this actor played regular girl and the superhero girl. Okay. Because I guess she'd reached the age where that's just what you look like now. Okay. Does that mean that all these kids, that's just what they're going to look like when they're an adult? Maybe. It's just like a weird future self. And able-bodied because Freddie is n- yeah. not able-bodied. So... Yeah, but it's just like... But maybe, like, face-wise, he'd still look like that when he's older? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I Like, it's weird that the one has aged, grown up enough, become an adult, and now that's just what you look well, like. Well, and then it's also weird because they're all different ages. Like, Zachary Levi is not... Does not look the same age as she does. Like, she no. looks like she's, like, 18, 20. He looks... Like 35, yeah, 40. Yeah, I, I think like she's just, she's in college. Yeah. Zachary Levi is a 40-something-year-old <laughs> man. It's not like they're 23. Like, it's like you are officially an adult. This is what you look like. Yeah. Because also, like, is his name Adam Brody? I don't the know names. Freddie turns into? Yeah, the I think so. one that's from like the OC or something? Yeah. That guy also doesn't look <laughs> like 23. Yeah. It's just they didn't they didn't think these things through. I don't think they thought that they mattered. They were too busy thinking about all the and then this happens and then this no, happens. Do you know what they they were thinking? We were just like, we need these girls to be hot and, and young. Yeah, and it's just like like there's some hot forty year old women. Yeah, you could have picked some. If you wanted that, it's just weird, okay? I feel like that's just Hollywood for you. (laughs) 
Men like, need to be old and handsome and women need to be young and hot. Yeah. That's how it is. Like you always see these like, oh, this actor's aging like fine wine. It's always a man. Like what woman do you see on the cover of a magazine that's like, look at her. Actually, you know what? That's not true. They're like, you can look this great at 40 as if 40 is like the new 100 or something. And it's like, <laughs> wow, look at how great she looks. And she's 40. Can you believe it? Do you want to know who looks great? Kate Blanchett. She does. Mm. There are a lot of attractive women who are aging gracefully, who look their age but have lived an active healthy lifestyle and it's just i feel like the whole thing about it is that they women are always viewed like oh my god can you believe they still are attractive at 40 or 50 (laughs) whereas men are like uh, like paul rudd it's like he doesn't age give me your skincare routine like you you're just aging like fine wine and there's so many, like, um, Robert Downey Jr. is another one. It's like, look at how much more attractive he is now that he's older. To, like, be, to be fair, he was kind of weird looking when he was younger. Though. Yeah, but that's, like, that's not the point I'm getting at. <laughs> I'm getting at that the just the the way that it's talked about, aging is talked about for men and women is different in Hollywood. And so, yeah. like, for when casting, they feel that it's more desirable to have a more mature looking man because they're more handsome than a younger man who might be a little bit more scrawny or just, I don't know. Yeah. They haven't grown into their features yet or something. (laughs) And then women, they have to be as young as possible because who the fuck knows? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's the rules of Hollywood. The point is Shazam 2 sucked. Yeah. It was a bad movie with bad writing, bad performances, overall bad movie. Yeah. Don't watch it. If you if you can fall asleep, fall asleep. <laughs> Just don't even bother. Fall asleep to something better. <laughs> so now I want to talk about another movie that, um, that we watched as a family that the internet has kind of gone off on. That I don't understand all of the hate. Um, we recently watched Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know if this is because I just like to go into a movie and just have some fun. Yeah. So, Or maybe I was going with the expe- expectation of the internet says this is going to be bad. So it must be bad. Right. But it really wasn't bad. It was like I'm not going to say it's the best movie. It was it's not the best Marvel movie. It's not the best movie I've seen this summer. But it was a good movie. I'd watch it again. It was okay. Like I felt that it was definitely charming. Like Paul Rudd is charming. Him as as Ant-Man is charming. He can be quirky and fun and he's definitely a more humble superhero, yeah. which is fun to see. Um and of course, like the different sizes and the ants doing stuff adds for a yeah. unique comedic aspect. Yeah. I felt like it, it was an Ant-Man movie. It's what I expect from an Ant-Man movie. Yeah. It's kind of goofy. There's some weird, goofy characters. Like in the first movie, we had Louise and whatever David Desmalchian's character and T.I. and like the, the, you know, like the thieving group. 
Yeah. And they're all just like weird, quirky characters. Which kind of sucked that they weren't in it. Yeah. Well, I guess one of them was was in, in voice. Yeah. Um, but like in this, we had some weird, work, quirky characters. Um, they're just kind of like goofing until they're not. There's weird ant focused things until there's not. And then it is again. And it's just like, what do I expect from an Ant-Man movie? Ant-Man doing things. Yeah. And ants. I kind of wish that they weren't in like the quantum realm, the whole movie. Like I know it's quantum mania, but I kind of felt that it was distracting. Yeah. Because you had to learn about all these different like, well, not you didn't have to learn, but there was just a lot of foreign concepts there. Yeah. It was a lot of an immediate world building. Yeah. That you had like because Paul Rudd and Scott Lang and Cassie were in this weird like almost like space portrait at the start. The wasp and her parents were in this weird fungal forest. Yeah. Then. They went to that like bar thing. Yeah, they went to the bar and then they were flying in this weird worm hand thing. Yeah, there was just like a lot of weird things that you had to just kind of be like okay i guess we're doing this now which i don't know that's hard for me to overlook because i feel like i have to dissect and analyze everything so me just seeing all these different like species that we've never seen before and creatures and like the broccoli technology yeah like there's just the whole drinking the goop thing and then all of a sudden you can understand all the alien languages like do they all speak the same alien language or are they different alien languages? But because you have this goop, you can just understand all of them. The goop is a universal translator. So that means that all these aliens, these different species, they all have their own languages that then can communicate because of this goop. And how did they learn this? Who took the first goop and was like shoving the I goop mean, in people's mouths? Who was the first person to try cow's milk? Like to me though, they're like they're like that is the cow's breast. I know that humans produce milk from their breasts, but they can only do it during this amount. So I understand how it's like, oh, we need milk more often. Cow has boob, maybe has milk. Let's try. <laughs> right? So you're gonna be out there sucking on a cow's teat being like, I was right. I don't even think that they had to do that. They saw that their babies were sucking on it and then they were like maybe it tastes good i don't know and then all they'd have to do is like squirt it i'm not saying that they're there like there are so many animals that produce milk yeah (laughs) who picks which one is okay i don't know maybe people just have dog has boobs (laughs) dog have milk dog does have milk I why no drink dog because I feel like dogs are pets they're not farm animals if you were to farm dogs goats have boobs yeah goats are farm animals and there is goat milk and there's goat cheese okay that's horse have boobs that's true I guess when I think of an animal that has the most prominent of boob it is a cow and goats have similar looking udders just smaller I feel like 
I don't really know what a horse boob looks like. Yeah, I, I know that it's there because they're a mammal, <laughs> but I don't know what it actually they looks like. They don't look like. like the freaking hot dog pouch that a no, cow has. No, exactly. So <laughs> it, maybe that's why. It's just because if the nipple is not long and dangly that you can squeeze the milk out of, then we're just going to leave those nips alone. <laughs> they're too hard to get the milk out of. We need the long dangly ones instead. Uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> this took a really weird turn uh yeah but i i really liked this movie i thought it was fun <laughs> um i liked kang he felt powerful yeah and like in the end yeah he got beat because this overwhelming army of ants broke his tech suit but like i don't think there's been a lot of Marvel villains where it's like, this is such a good villain with good, uh, good motives, uh, like makes you really understand like Killmonger. Mm -hmm. Like there is probably no more relatable villain. Maybe apart from Namor, Black Panther villains are, they're where it's at. Yeah. But they, you know, kill them off. Yeah. Right away. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, maybe through some like shenaniganry, we're going to get him back. But that was a one and done. Yeah. In the end, they even acknowledged, did, did we win? Did we? Yeah, we, he went, he went through that little hole, so he's fine. Yeah. But it's just like, I don't feel definitively Kang the Conqueror is gone. Yeah, we had the mid credit scene where there's all the Kangs. See, I think that that Kang is gone. Because Scott was saying, like, yeah, we beat him, right? But he did say that something bad was going to happen if he didn't come back or blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't remember his exact phrasing. But just like how in Loki, when that Kang was killed, he said that his other variants were much worse. And that, like, basically in killing him, they were going to start something that they wouldn't be able to finish. Mm -hmm. I think that him saying that to Scott was, this like, similar to what the Kang and Loki was saying to him. So I don't necessarily think that that Kang is still alive out there. I think the whole, like, is he really dead thing is referring to the multiple other Kang variants. Yeah. Um... (sighs) After seeing the Kang that we had, this, like, calm, assertive, aware of his power and presence. Yeah. Was it weird for you as well, seeing the arena full of Kangs who were just, like, screaming and shouting? And yeah. just, like, they looked like they were about to watch just, like, a gladiator fight? They were acting very um, erratic, for sure. It was strange. And I was just, like overwhelmed with how many of them there were yeah like because i know like there were uh, quite a few loki variants as well but to see them all in one place i don't think you ever expect to see that many of one type of variant yeah like maybe like 10 to 20 i'm is reasonable (laughs) i'm nervous to see what happens with all this multiversal stuff because I'm already nervous that Marvel is getting too, like, big in its stories where everything needs to be so big. Right. I just like small little, like, confined stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, from what we know of the multiverse, 
from Multiverse Madness, when two universes meet, as minuscule as one person from a universe going into a different universe, yeah, it could cause those two universes to collide and destroy each other. Right. Which is going to be like, eventually it's going to come to where there is a battle between which world can destroy the other one to save your world. Right. Th- that's going to be referenced somewhere because there's going to be worlds being destroyed, universes collapsing, mm-hmm. and one one other iteration of the Illuminati, like we had in Multiverse of Madness, their job is to decide which of the two universes which of these incursion sides yeah has a better outcome if we let it live right and like i guess their whole job is to make the decision no one else can mm-hmm. because it's not really ethical you know to kill this entire universe yeah. to save another one yeah and so there it's going to happen and that's going to be big but how how is that going to make a how it do yeah how's it going to be a good movie or like how's it going to present itself in the movie in a way that is like entertaining it's going to get to a point where every single marvel movie is required for every other single marvel movie and it's not going to be movies anymore it's just going to be like a really long yeah it's going to be like a really long tv series where each episode is like two hours long if three if we're lucky See, I also don't like the whole multiverse kind of idea. Like, it was fun in the beginning, but the more we talk about it and the more they do, the more I just think, like, every movie, in a way, kind of just feels pointless now because it could all just be undone in a different universe. And it's kind of the same thing with time travel. And it kind of feels cheap because it's like, well, we'll just go back in time and fix it. And the idea of time travel, the idea of alternate universes, it's it's interesting. But I feel like it's very short-lived. Because who wants to see something and then be like, oh, well, that doesn't mean that it's for sure. It could just come back. Yeah, it's like... Everybody lobbied for Krasinski to play Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. We got it, and then they've already confirmed he's not going to be the actual. Yeah. He was just that one. He was just like, a, like he just, they just threw the fans a bone. Yeah. Which kind of is like insulting, I think. Yeah. What I think would be a great model to do is now that we have this introduction of the multiverse and it has shattered open and there's all this possibility. Mm-hmm. Why not take a break from the big storyline and just give us singular movies? Yeah. Not Captain America 1, 2, 3, and 4. Not all these 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3. Yeah. Give us a singular and maybe make some obscure superheroes. Ones we haven't seen before. Ones that we don't really care about. Or give us a different Captain America. Different actor, different story, everything. Then Anthony Mackie, you mean? Or then yeah. Chris Evans? Any of them. Okay. Give us different Iron Man. Give us a different Hulk movie. Give us, a, like, new content that is, like, showing the multiverse. Look at all this stuff that now has the possibility to happen. 
And it can be starting from zero grounded level. See, I wish kind of like what you're saying. I wish that each movie stood on its own alone without any context of anything else. And it went back to the only tie in to all the other movies was the end scene credit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it'd be so cool if we got like two movies a year for the next 10 years. There's just a bunch of different movies and maybe they could do weird team up movies. Mm -hmm. Like here's a Captain America and Thor movie and it has absolutely nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Except they have met and are doing this thing. We know the characters. So now there's this new version of these characters reinteracting. Yeah. Give us Hulk versus Wolverine. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. It could be just like the comic, just like the animated TV show. And it's just this small story of Hulk is bad. Wolverine goes after him. Yeah. See, the only thing that I can think is bad for this whole idea is that fans are very particular with who they want to see play those superheroes. And they would get a lot of backlash if anybody other than Hugh Jackman. And until they fill those shoes with someone else that has been like accepted, I don't think you could do a throwaway movie. It would have to be one that fits in. Like, let's say Daniel Radcliffe does fill those shoes and he's going to play the new Wolverine from here on out. Then he needs to have a few movies where he's in that role and he is starting to win over the fans because at first no matter what fans are gonna be like i don't know how i feel about this i don't know if this is sitting right with me because they're very loyal fans so you need to have him be in there a little bit if you just throw him in there and have a whole solo movie on his own then i think that they risk a lot of upset fans and not and like having a loss for profits i I genuinely cannot see them ever having a loss for profits. They, the thing that is, happens with movies nowadays, you make a movie for a hundred thousand or a hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. and it returns back with two hundred million. That's a hundred million dollar return. You make a movie for four hundred million, you get five hundred million. Not good enough. That's still a hundred million dollar return. Yeah. So. I, I feel like a lot of this, like these movies don't make enough money is garbage because it's very rare that a Marvel property doesn't make enough money. Okay, but they also don't want, they would rather have a movie sit at like a, like a 6 out of 10 rating, for example, than, so like a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. They would rather have that than to just throw something completely new out there, some throwaway story, and have it be a three just because the fans are pissed off. Because there have been decent movies, like not the best movies, but like not the worst movies that get really bad ratings. And it's simply because the fans are just pissed. I just think it's getting to a point where actors don't want to be tied down for a 10-year commitment. Yeah. I don't want to wait 10 years for the culmination of this next phase. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm getting to the point where I don't care that much. So there's too much going on to care yeah, about it. And plus there are so many characters that 
when you have one you like, you're not going to get that in canon character for so long. Yeah. So throw out random just for entertainment's sake. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm coming to a, like a final point with all of this. Introducing the multiverse, make some random pairing movies, make just some like one-off things. And then 10 years down the road, cut back into this multiverse thing. And have this current universe again do one, just do a movie with all of the original characters. But what's this? The multiverse is shattering. There's this war. Oh, look, there's that weird Captain America and Thor that were over there. There's Hulk and Wolverine fighting. There's, I don't know, arm fall off boy from the DC universe, whatever. Like there's just (laughs) all these random ass characters that have just had these little like moments to shine. And I feel like if they took the time over, like it doesn't even need to be 10 years. That's a pretty long time for this, but to get people who genuinely just want to make a story, but maybe a story that does not fit into the MCU. Cause there are a million good Marvel movies that are not being made because they don't fit the MCU narrative. Yeah. So get some of them to be made. And sure, maybe the the casting might let down some people because they they have this expectation of it. Mm-hmm. But that expectation is also what's making people like me completely lose interest. Yeah, I just think that the people like you are lesser than the people. At least you seem lesser because you're not as loud about it. I guess, but uh, I'm not in charge of Marvel, so it's... It's the squeaky wheel. It's all those, like, diehard fans that look for all the Easter eggs, that know everything, that predict everything, that try and, like, find every little detail that Marvel puts those little details in for that are loud about it, that get the oil. Yeah. Well, I'm just... I'm at a point where, like, when a Marvel movie comes out, I'm, I'm going to watch it because I love Marvel. But it's getting to the point where it's like, less and less am I wanting to make the trip to the theater to see those. Yeah. There are other movies that I would like to go see instead. Um, Honestly, I'd rather see the cartoons coming out. <laughs> like, when I was sitting in a the theater watching the trailers and stuff, that Elementals movie... The new Pixar movie. It looks so cool. And I'm like, I want to go see that. The animation looks great. And it just looks like a fun little story. And then honestly, the Trolls movie. It looks like a fun little nothing movie. Trolls? There's another Trolls movie. Huh. And it had some... So I guess Branch has a brother. Is his name Twig? I don't remember. Sticky. And he's just the character from Proud Family. Maybe it is Sticky. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, he's in a boy band and they left Branch behind. Oh, no. And so then they make all these like references to the boy bands. Like it said something about like, oh, there's only one direction to take and something about going on the back streets. And like, so they had all these like, it was stupid. I don't know, guys. I'm just not feeling in sync with you. It said something about in sync, which is funny because it's just in Timberlake. It's so hot. What is the thermostat at? 97 degrees? <laughs> 98. But anyway, in the trailer, it had this moment where they were like saying about all it was it was 
something and they just brought up all these different boy bands and it was hilarious for me because it's like I know all those boy bands and the girls I like kind of looked at them because I'm like chuckling away and I see like oh they just brought up all these boy bands he <laughs> and the girls are just like watching like they're just happy because it's trolls but they have no idea <laughs> it's like I'm still sitting here listening to One Direction and I still don't even think that they know that it's a boy band <laughs> I mean it's just music right yeah, they they probably are just like, oh, it's Harry Styles. Of course, mom's listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> they just fully accepted your mega crush. Yeah, they just know. You want to know what animated movie looks really good? The Mother Buggin' Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I'm excited for that too, actually. Is it like the Mutant Mayhem or something? I don't know what it's called. I know that it's Ninja Turtles, and I really like the animation style that they chose. I like the animation. I like that they seem, like, young and, like, naive but ambitious but, like, totally think, inexperienced. Yeah, I think it, it has this really charming feel about it. Plus, the animation is really cool. I, yeah. I definitely saw Bebop and Rocksteady, which, like, gets me going <laughs> god yeah and then there's also gonna be a shrek 5 in the making which i if they do not make it five wreck or five wreck yeah in the, I'll, I'll be disappointed i just i love shrek the amount of times that i reference shrek in everyday life shrek is love shrek is love okay i don't reference that because i was deeply disturbed by that video <laughs> But I reference Shrek, but it's only the first Shrek. Like the first Shrek was amazing. The second Shrek was like good. The I third feel, and I, fourth Shrek were just nah. I did not like the fourth Shrek. The fourth Shrek was good. The third one, garbage fire. See, I didn't like the fourth Shrek because it wasn't Shrek. You can't have Shrek without the relationships that's there. And in the fourth Shrek... They just like killed that because they didn't know each other. And that was frustrating for me. I understand that, but it's still a good movie. If you insist. it's I can admit it's not the best Shrek movie. I'm hoping, and this is my prediction, is that Shrek 5 will end in the same way that Shrek 2 ended with Donkey having his weird hybrid donkey dragon babies. Only Puss is going to become a dad by the end of it. Ooh. That's what I think. Because at the end of Puss in Boots, Him they were on their way. Paws? Yeah. They were on their way to, to visit old friends. Far, Shrek's. far away. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'm assuming that means that Puss in Boots is going to be involved in the story. And I'm just thinking like, you know how well they animated those cats. Like they did a great job. In the animation. So, can you just imagine little puss babies? I'm excited to see how that gross little dog... <laughs> Perito. ...interacts with... Donkey. The, or, like, I feel like he's going to get paired up with, like, Pinocchio. He could. That'd or be just, funny. like, some stupid little shit that's just, like, annoying and just needs a hug. Yeah. And he's going to be there and just all supportive. 
there's just so many supportive animals now. It's like, <laughs> this is about Shrek and Fiona, but there's like the supportive side character, Donkey, and there's like his whole thing with Dragon. Then there's also Puss, and now there's his whole thing with Kitty Softpaws. We can agree. Now that, there's Perito. <laughs> we can agree that the next logical step for a Shrek movie is going to Shrek's parents, right? Where are Shrek's parents? Exactly. What where, happened? Where are all the other ogres? The only other ogres we have were in Shrek 4 in the alternate reality, but once they came back, yeah. those ogres were there. Maybe they were all hunted ha- into... Have you seen the theory that Shrek was a cannibal? <gasps> and that the eyeballs were ogre eyeballs and he ate the other ogres? Oh my gosh. He is the ultimate ogre. He is like the Highlander of ogres. There can only be one. But he's got babies now. Yeah, so now that there are more, maybe he's like, well, maybe I got to stop eating all these other ogres. I have not heard that, but I don't know. I don't want to think that's true. Because I mean, it's not true. It's, it's like not a- canon. <laughs> It's just... Um, that's actually not canon. That's just a, that's just a fan theory. It's not, it's not canon. Um, it doesn't fit in the canonical uh, archives of Shrek. I hope that they address that, though. I never thought... Like, I have kind of thought about it, but not in great detail. About, like, where are Shrek parents? Yeah, so that's the only logical next step for the, the movie. Because we dealt with so much with Fiona's parents and then Charming and all of that. Too much with Charming. And that, then we went into their their family. But it only makes sense to explore his backstory. Okay, so his backstory was addressed in Shrek the Musical. Is that his parents kick um, him out? But is that canon or is that just a musical somebody wrote? I don't know. Is Wicked canon? I have no idea. I need to know. <laughs> I need to know is Shrek the musical canon? Let me. Because sh- I remember in Shrek the musical, he had parents, but I feel like they just sent him off, like to go ogre somewhere else. I feel like they're not very. Is Shrek the Musical canon? No, it's a retelling of <laughs> Shrek 1 with more... Backstory. Yeah, just... It, no, it's not. Okay, so because in Shrek the Musical, they are not very, like, loving parents as far as I can remember because they're just like, go go do your ogering somewhere. Go find yourself a swamp and settle down and just be. Just... Just go find a swamp and be. Yeah. And so that's why he's so protective of his swamp, I think, is because his parents were just like, this is your purpose to go be a loner ogre out in the swamp lands that you choose. And one day, if you're lucky enough, you'll find a lady ogre and you'll have babies that you can kick out when they're like 16 to go find their own swamp. And the, you know, it goes on and on and on. Cycle continues. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess we'll just have to find out. I mean, it's kind of fun because all the same cast is coming because, you know, we hate when they change the cast. So we've got like Eddie Murphy's back. Mike Myers is back. Cameron Diaz is back. Like the whole gang is back. Antonio Banderas. Of course. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it because it's Shrek. So why not? 
Imagine they release Shrek 5 and it is simply a retelling of Pinocchio but with this Pinocchio. And Shrek is the whale. Why? Because I'm sneaky. <laughs> I don't even understand why your brain even gave you that idea. <laughs> um, I also heard that there's going to be another Toy Story, which is ridiculous because the last two had good conclusions. And yeah. it was like, okay, fine, I'll accept the next one. But then now... Nobody wants that. Woody is Woody doesn't even have a kid now. So what's the point? Like, I just don't understand. But anyway, I'm not going to get into that because I just don't understand. There's not really anything <laughs> else to say other than it's happening. It's in apparently. And I don't understand why. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, there's a lot of movie things that I, I don't understand why they happen. Money. You know <laughs> what it is? It's money because Disney doesn't have enough of it. Oh, speaking of money <laughs> focusing things, Harry Potter is going to get a TV remake. Yeah. Twilight is allegedly getting a TV remake. Yeah. Like, why are all these things that just don't need it? Because, like, they already have, like, say what you will about Harry Potter. The movies, yeah, I watched them. The creator, piece of fucking shit. Um, but the movies themselves, as a guy who has never read the books, seemed to be a fairly decent representation of the source. You know, condensed to be a movie. Mm -hmm. Could have done better with the representation, but that's a product of the author. They cut, yeah, they cut out a lot of stuff, which this show says they're going to add in. Yeah. It's cut out because it was for a movie. Yeah. It's like every time you have a script from a book, there's so much stuff cut out because it's getting rid of things that doesn't translate to film. Yeah. They, from what I've heard, are good. People love them. Yeah. People do I love the Harry Potter. Don't know movies. if you've noticed, people like Harry Potter. Yeah. It's a whole personality trait. Twilight. Was it good? No. D did it sufficiently capture what is from the books probably i don't know do we need any more adaptation of it and expansion on it fuck no <laughs> yeah i don't think so it did spark a whole era of weird vampire werewolf teen romance <laughs> shit like teen wolf and like all that crap i just like that Brody vampire diaries who does the oh i'm just a vampire girl yeah so don't look at my neck. <laughs> I saw that and I well I heard it on the radio actually and then I was scrolling through something and saw something about it. I also don't really understand why other than they're trying to appeal to the new generation that oh no they missed out on the twilight era. We need to include them I, or they're trying to appeal to us again. I have heard uh that uh, from somebody I listened to on a podcast that rewatching Twilight now yeah. is a fucking trip. <laughs> that like those movies slap in a way that you don't expect because they're just unhinged. I feel like you have to be high on something because what? otherwise I think it's just cringy. What is the one where like 
like there's I think it's the third one where it's just like the final act is her giving birth. Well, that happens in the fourth book, which they split into two movies. So I feel like that's the fourth movie. Yeah, so like there is there is a movie where the final action scene is just this girl giving birth. Well, because and- you don't understand, okay? Because in the books, this was like a life or death situation. It was very stressful. Okay. Okay. Because she was a human giving birth to a vampire baby, which was like unheard of. So they had to turn her into a vampire mid labor. And it was just like extremely tense. (laughs) So what I'm saying is I think we should rewatch these movies because it'll just. I think if we do For that better or worse, it'll be what it is. I just <laughs> I'm just afraid to watch it because I know it's going to be cringy. And then I'm just going to be so upset with my younger self for like <laughs> being who I was. OK, yes. I don't know if I need that amount of self-loathing in my life. I'm just finally healing from that. <laughs> like, Maybe we should just leave the past in the past and move forward. I mean, yeah, I guess we could. So what I want from everybody who's listening is how can Marvel make their movies more appealing and less how they are? What animated movies are you guys looking forward to a ton? And what movies, when you rewatch them 10 years later, they just hit different? Thank you so much for joining us this week at the Bees Knees podcast. If you haven't already, please download this episode and we will talk to you next week.